is understanding what this term sheet means in the long term. Sign a term sheet today, and you're taking capital in, maybe an equity deal, maybe a debt deal, but down the road, you're likely going to need to raise more capital. And so for us as investors, we want to submit a term sheet that when a company goes out for a future raise, that term sheet and what we executed with the company isn't going to be something that challenges a company to raise capital in the future. From the PodConnect studios, high in the Rockies at the beautiful Beaver Creek Resort, it's the Raising Cannabis Capital Show. Today on Raising Cannabis Capital, we are joined by Michael Benello, the Managing Director at Poseidon Asset Management. Michael, welcome to the show. Thank you very much for having me. Very excited to be here. It's always great to have Poseidon back on the show. Your co-founder, Morgan, joins us every fall for the Cannabis Investor Series. So our regular listeners know about Poseidon and your Buffalo connection. But for our new listeners, Poseidon is one of the longest dedicated cannabis investment funds. Since 2013, they've been investing in the space and they've seen tons of deals. And that's where I want to start today. Even though you see thousands of deals every year, you only select a couple. What do the deals you invest in all have in common? I think it really starts with the people. When I look at the management teams that Poseidon has invested in over the years, there is a lot of consistency with the personalities and the underlying drive of the founders. I think it really all starts there. We see a lot of different companies in the industry. We see a lot of different products in the industry. And one thing that I was told a long time ago is relevant in cannabis is I'd rather invest in a peanut butter company with a great management team than a cutting edge technology company with a terrible management team. And I think that holds true in this industry as well. That's a really honest, straightforward answer. If you have a good management team, they can get through a lot of things that other groups that aren't so cohesive can't get through. So I think that makes a big difference. I know a lot of companies that we've interviewed tend to make the mistake where they they don't really do their homework on the investors and they reach out or they throw a net out to every investor that they can think of. Not all investors are alike. Some investors only invest in non-plant touching investments. Some are early stage, some are late. So to avoid wasting a lot of times, companies really need to find investors that are a good match. And I noticed your latest fund is the Poseidon Garden Fund. And I see that it's a late siege stage companies. Can you define what you mean by late seed stage? Sure. It's a great question. So when we talk about late seed stage, we're obviously looking at companies in a very early stage. I would say that they are not pre-seed. And in terms of defining what that means to us, late seed stage ultimately means that the company would have their licenses in place as opposed to being pre-licensed and going down that process. We just don't invest in pre-licensed companies because we just don't know what's ever going to happen with the licensing process. In terms of being late seed stage, this would ultimately be a company that is deriving revenues. The revenues might be small, but the company ultimately has good traction, good management team, and a product that we feel could be disruptive. And that is ultimately one of the reasons why we launched the Garden Fund is because we saw a lack of capital flowing to this stage of company where a lot of investors are looking for later stage, whether that's Series A, meaning a little bit later stage, and then obviously the pre-IPO and public markets. Because of that, we decided to focus on this stage. Mm -hmm. 
it's not just for dispensaries or cultivation facilities or, or other companies that have licenses in place. You also invest in other cannabis ancillary businesses. Is that correct? That's correct. We try to be as opportunistic as we possibly can in this industry. And one of the things that's very difficult to do in a, an emerging industry in a, in a brand new industry like this is to have an investment mandate that kind of handcuffs you, meaning we want to be as opportunistic as we can be in this industry. When we first got into this industry, there weren't even identifiable subsectors yet. That is something that we sat down back in 2013 and went through to figure out what are the areas and sectors of this industry. So because this industry is ever evolving, there are new subsectors being built out of this industry. Well, up until 2015 or 16, we didn't even have data in the, in the industry. And so you're seeing a lot of technology come into the industry that is supporting this giant infrastructure. And so when we think about investing in cannabis, and one of the reasons why we believe in this industry is we see a multi-billion dollar agricultural and retail industry with very little and very fragmented infrastructure. And so what that means for an underlying investment is that we are not just looking at vertically integrated operators, meaning they control the entire vertical from cultivation through manufacturing distribution and down to retail and possibly even branded products, but we're also looking at ancillary plays. Things that we've invested in over the past have included things like data analytics, point of sale software, HR and payroll software services, certain portions of the supply chain, third-party manufacturers for edible products. We really dug into other industries to learn what this industry was missing and where the opportunity was going to be outside of what I call the, the bright, shiny objects, which is the plant itself and the dispensaries, which there's a lot of opportunity there for, but there's also a lot of opportunity for the things like the infrastructure plays because the industry is absolutely going to need it. You're taking the best available athlete in the draft. You're not targeting a specific position. You're just going to see the best management teams, the best groups that come along. When companies reach out to you, what do you want them to include in their package or what do you require they include in their package? Sure. I'll be happy to go through the steps that we take with a company when they reach out. Ultimately, a company will reach out to us. And the first thing that we'd like to see is some high-level marketing piece, whether that's a one-pager or a deck kind of discussing the strategy and ultimately what the company is all about. We'll then have an initial call with the company. It's usually an introductory call to hear about their strategy, hear about their product or their service that they're offering, hear about their history in the industry, a lot of more high-level things before we start digging in deep. And when I say digging in deep, what ultimately that means for us is looking at a data room. And it's one thing that I talk to a lot of companies about who are out there raising capital is to build out a data room. And it's something that I've worked with a lot of companies, whether it's been a Poseidon company or a company that I'm mentoring, is how to present what investors are going to want to see initially and off bat. So we'll do a deep dive in the data room, usually have some more follow-up calls with companies for any clarifying comments or questions around the data room and take it from there and, and make an ultimate decision whether this is something that we want to go forward with or not. Yeah, I'm glad you brought up the data room. I actually had that on my list of things that I wanted to touch on, and we could probably do a whole episode on that. But, but I think that's something that not everyone is familiar with, even that term. Under that same heading is legal representation. They definitely should have an attorney review the deal, but do you recommend that the, at this stage, the late siege stage companies 
have an attorney help them prepare their package or is that not necessary? In terms of the data room itself, there's a lot of free information out there about how to build a good data room and what the items that would be needed to be presented in the data room should be. Mm-hmm. In terms of engaging with an attorney, at that stage, it's probably not necessary. But what I will say is when we get to deal terms and we start talking deal terms, and if we put an offer sheet out to a, a company, that should absolutely be taken to an attorney and reviewed okay. by an attorney. The data room itself, probably not necessary, but obviously everything going from there, absolutely. You want to make sure that the term sheet and that we're all aligned. One of the most important things with working with founders is understanding what this term sheet means in the long term. Sign a term sheet today, you're taking capital in, maybe an equity deal, maybe a debt deal, but down the road, you're likely going to need to raise more capital. And so for us as investors, we want to submit a term sheet that when a company goes out for a future raise, that term sheet and what we executed with the company isn't going to be something that challenges a company to raise capital in the future. And when I talk about challenges, I talk about things like where early investors have rights that later investors may not have. Perhaps early investors have liquid preferences where they have to get the 3x their money back before the next person gets their money back. Things of that nature that we found a lot of founders have gotten into these agreements and not fully understood them at no fault of their own. I think there was a lot of trust they were giving their investors. But that being said, one of the most important things with the founder and investor is that everyone is aligned in terms of how this is going to play out in the longer run. What is the exit strategy? Poseidon runs funds with fixed lives. If we're running an eight-year fund, we are looking for a a monetizing event over that eight-year period. And if the company is like, it's going to take us 12 to 15 years to build out what we want to build, obviously we're not going to be aligned there and things could get uncomfortable down the road. So... Things have changed a lot in the industry where in the early days, founders are taking money from investors and probably not doing as much diligence because there weren't a lot of people waving money at at cannabis back in 2014, 15, and 16. And unfortunately, some people got in some deals that have been challenging to them longer term. So we want our companies to have the best opportunity to succeed. And we always make the assumption that we're not the last capital that's going to be needed for the company. I haven't heard that advice before, but I've heard a lot of horror stories. And so I, I appreciate you saying that because it says a lot about your approach to investing and also reinforces the need to have an, a skilled attorney look at the deal before you sign anything. We haven't talked about people who want to invest in cannabis. Real quickly, before we wrap this up, why do you recommend people work with Poseidon versus trying to invest on their own? So one of the reasons is Poseidon's ultimately been around since 2013. We're one of the longest running 100% cannabis and hemp focused funds in the industry. We've been through a lot with cannabis. We've done a great job in terms of building the funds, building a great network with the founders, so much so that a lot of our deal flow comes from our company founders and from our board access with our companies. So that is definitely one area of it. The other thing in terms of trying to invest in this industry on your own and something that a lot of our LPs came into our funds because of was the ever-changing regulatory landscape of the industry. It's very hard to 
diligence and invest in this industry because it is so fragmented. You've got 50 states, you've got 39 sets of state laws. Every state is very different. And so a lot of investors have told us they either don't have the time to do the diligence on the industry or they've made previous investments and gotten burned. One example of that is an investor who made an investment in a cultivation farm and that county ultimately decided they didn't want cannabis and, and shut down the operation. That was a few years back. But things like that can ultimately happen. Or you could have regulatory changes that can make a business not be a business almost overnight. And we've seen some of these events. The state of Washington at one point a few years back tried to ban edibles and just make them illegal overnight. Now every edible company said, what, what are we going to do now? That was originally flipped back. But it's those types of things that makes it very challenging because this is a new industry. You don't have a multi-decadal data set to look back on. You don't have a blueprint like you have with other industries. And so what we've done at Poseidon is built ourselves not only a reputation with company founders, but a reputation with our investors. We are now on our third fund. Our first two funds have been very successful. Our first fund, we've returned over 50% of invested capital to our investors, and there's still a lot of liquidating events to come from that vehicle. So I think first and foremost, when it comes to Poseidon, I think it's our track record and our experience with the industry and also our reputation with the industry. And we ask investors to reach out to founders in the industry, reach out to our founders and ask them about the experience that they've had with Poseidon. And I think it goes to show with our deal flow and our network of companies that put their peers in front of us saying, do you want to work with Poseidon? They're going to do the right things and for you to really succeed here. And that's just a reputation we've built for ourselves and have done a good job building it. If you look at your website, your stable of companies are the who's who. It really says a lot about what you've done and what you continue to do. We'll have all of Michael's contact information and links to Poseidon's website in our show notes. So if, if people are interested in learning more about investing or if you're a cannabis company that's looking for that late seed stage round of investment, you just click the link and I'm sure somebody from Poseidon team will be happy to talk to you. Michael, we need more time for this. We got a lot more to talk about. I'm going to have you back on. <laughs> Thanks for being on the show, bud. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Hey friends, I'm Brandon and I'm Saba and we are your host of the Cannabis Hangout podcast, an educational platform to connect with the cannabis community and share personal stories while breaking the stigma of marijuana. Join us every Sunday at 7 p.m. to gain valuable insight with different perspectives from industry leaders, growers, and medical marijuana patients. This is a place to learn so much from different angles in the cannabis industry. So tune in while, while we, we break, break it all down. down.